0: Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. It's Tuesday, January the 9th. Coming up, we can hear from a Gravesend man who's spoken about the horrors of being caught up in a Russian airstrike while delivering aid to Ukraine. Plus, we've got reaction from the Maidstone United boss after they found out who they're going to play in the fourth round of the FA Cup. But first today, a Chatham woman is claiming her former landlord is holding her mother's ashes to ransom. Lucy joins me now with More on this story and a rather unusual one, Lucy.
1: Yes, it really is. So Geraldine Glanville accidentally left the remains at the property in Luton Road when she was evicted in December for non payment of rent. The 67 year old now says the landlord is demanding £300 to clean the flat and for the safe return of the urn. Ms. Glanville is currently living with her daughter and told Kent Online that important possessions were left behind when bailiffs turned up. She'd kept the ashes on a dressing table but only had. 15 minutes to get out. What's the landlord had to say? Well, he doesn't want to be named, but says the flat was left in a poor state and needs to be cleared and refurbished. He also wants an apology from the former tenant's daughter, who he says has been repeatedly rude towards him. Ms Glanville had lived at the property for 13 years, and the landlord says he'd kept the rents low over that time, and also gave her plenty of warning to keep the property in a good condition. The businessman increased the rent from 530 Pounds to £750 a month in May last year. In July, he applied for an eviction order and on December 6th, the bailiffs carried out the eviction and changed the locks. So what happens now? Well, the landlord has said if the family don't want to pay him directly, he's happy to accept a payment to a charity and once he's got an apology, he will return the ashes. Miss Glanville's
0: daughter claims they've offered to pay the money in monthly instalments. Lucy, thank you ever so much and you can also read that story by clicking on the website today. Kent Online News. Other top stories and a man's been taken to hospital with serious injuries after being stabbed during a burglary near Maidstone. A group of men armed with a knife broke into a flat in Marden stealing cash and bank cards last Friday. A woman was also attacked. Four men have been arrested and charged. A man's died following a fire at a flat in Dartford. Crews were called to the property in Priory Road yesterday morning. It's thought the blaze was started by an electrical fault. Junior Doctor in Kent have gone back to work today after a six-day walkout over pay. Members of the BMA have been on strike since January the 3rd. The government say their demand for a 35% pay increase is unaffordable. Labour are planning to table a vote in Parliament later calling for the release of documents relating to the Rwanda policy. They want to find out the cost of relocating each individual asylum seeker who crosses the channel to Kent in a small boat. They also want a list of payments made to Rwanda government, while well, reports suggest the overall cost has risen to £400 million. Next on the podcast today, and Kent Online's been told there's been an increase in the number of XL bully owners in Kent turning to privately owned dog parks. Now the breed's been banned. Since the start of the year, it's been illegal to walk the dogs in public without a muzzle and not on a lead. Well, in a private field, they can run free as long as strict regulations are followed. Maxine Hughes runs Royal Hounds Dog Park in Mepham and has been chatting to Kate.
2: I have been inundated with emails and literally 10 minutes ago I had a phone call from a gentleman who is, hasn't used us before but obviously now um, needs to find secure arenas. So um, it's changed massively the demand for the XL Bully um, which uh, it, it is in massive demand. So us as a company, we dogs are dogs to us so we, we don't care what breed or whatever you are, you're all welcome. So we've just had to work with our, in- our insurance company to make sure we're we're following the rules that our insurance company have um, and us as a company, what we want to allow uh, on, on site as well. So we have got together our own, our own registration form. We are asking Excel Bully con- uh, owners to get in contact with us. They will then provide us all the documentation that they have, which will attach to our registration form that all comes into play from the 1st of February. So currently they are allowed to use the field. Um, They come on a one-to-one basis. They are on lead and on muzzle until inside the arena and locked in. And then again, muzzled and lead before they go back uh, before the gates reopened. Um, So that's that's where we're from. But as of the 1st of February, the insurance company says we have to have all the paperwork, everything in place for for every XL bully that attends the park.
1: And the regulations have been brought in, as you mentioned, uh, it has to be mm-hmm. a one-on-one with the XL bully, muzzled yeah. and whatnot coming in and out mm-hmm. of the car park are they your regulations or is that something that's been passed on from the insurance company they've all been passed on from the insurance company and we will be following the
2: majority of them so the rule of the one-to-one uh obviously there was a few little gaps that we had to kind of make sure were covered so the XL bully has been a one-to-one basis obviously if they're in a household with other dogs same household dogs can use the arena together with the XL bully but there has to be two adults well, over 18. So the Excel bullies always got a one-to-one with them. Um, that we will still be uh, going ahead with. The thing which um, is a little bit difficult is if there's Excel bullies from different households, that's obviously the issue. What, what the, the company is saying is if you've got, you know, your sister's got one from a different household. You want to share a field. Unfortunately, they have to stay on lead and muzzle. They cannot be from a different household in the same arena unmuzzled. So that's something I think we won't really, it, there's no point pursuing or allowing. And I don't see the point in taking a few Excel bullies in to pay for an arena where they've still got to be muzzled and on lead. So that's probably something that won't we won't really apply to it. So it will just be one XL bully. Um, per one person and if there's in this if but they have to prove them in the same household as well so that's how that's moving forward with that yeah so we will follow and obviously keep liaising with our insurance company for any changes or updates that that, that happen
1: so when when people are coming to you XL bully owners yeah what are, what are their feelings about having to use a private field obviously that it's, it can be is it 15 pounds it's
2: 15 pounds for an hour yes yeah, yeah. i mean the feedback so far has been, I think, to be honest, where they've had lots of other expenses to, to have the XL bully, I think they, we haven't ever had any negativity towards that. Everyone's been more than happy to do that. And I think they feel that it's, it's somewhere that's allowing their dog to be a dog and have some freedom uh, again. So we haven't had any negative feedback for that. Um, and I think it's quite nice that they have the the choice, don't they? They have the choice. It's a choice to use the park and they don't have to if they don't wish to, but they have that choice. Even if they come once a month, once, kind of thing it um obviously the costing is just for them um where we normally run and we allow up to six dogs in the park for that so if people want to share with family and friends they can split the cost but obviously an excel bully needing to be on a one-to-one they don't get the opportunity to split the cost so yes it is more expensive for them
1: and what's your thoughts on the ban you must see uh firsthand how it's affecting over
2: the the stress it is causing a lot of trouble, a lot of stress, and it's caused a lot of anxiety, people online, people phoning. I think the problem is there's still so many gaps um, in the legislation, and and this is this is the problem. A lot of people are still kind of confused about certain things and what they can or can't do. And I think the hardest thing is is defining an XL bully. How do you do, how do people doubt does a police officer what they're saying is walking along the street to find well that looks like an XL bully, but it could be an American bulldog, it could be um, a, a large a large Staffordshire bull area it could be so there there's so many crossbreeds and so many mixing breeds how do you define what is an XL bully so what i've been dealing with as well is uh, clients that are worried their dog looks a little bit like an XL bully but it isn't have that is it then impacting them that they've got to to make um you know they've got to get something in place for them to say well no my dog isn't so it's it's creating stress and worry for dogs outside owners of XL bullies as well, that that if they're a bully breed, um, that they're worried that their dog could be impacted um, so, yes, it's, it's caused a, a bigger fuss wider than just the Excel bullying.
0: Kent Online reports. Eurostars confirmed it won't be stopping in Kent again this year. Services haven't called at Ebb's Fleet or Ashford International Station since the first COVID lockdown in March 2020. The company say they can't make any commitment for 2025 either as they continue to face financial consequences of the pandemic. Police searching for a man reported missing from Birchington have found a body. Officers were called to Minis Bay following the discovery by Coast Guard crews yesterday lunchtime. The family of 58-year-old Graham Sharrett have been told the death isn't being treated as suspicious. Firefighters have been called to Ramsgate after a caravan caught alight. No one was injured in the blaze on Preston Road yesterday evening and it's unclear how it started. Now this is one of our most read stories on the website today. A former Debenham store in Folkestone could reopen as a medical centre as early as next year. The retailer closed in 2020 and plans for the new GP services in the Folker site in Sangate Road are now in the design phase. The building is earmarked for a £2 million refurbishment. Now, a Gravesend man has spoken about the horror of being caught up in a Russian airstrike while delivering aid to Ukraine. Jordan Mead has just returned from a trip to Kiev and Lviv with the UK Friends of Ukraine group. The 28-year-old councillor who represents Haim and Sean was able to take shelter below the hotel where they were staying. Despite the attacks, they were able to deliver humanitarian aid and more than 120 books for children. what well, Jordan has been speaking to our local democracy reporter, Simon Finlay.
3: My friends uh, and colleagues, uh, Alex Rennie and Imogen Pater, founded an organisation called the UK Friends of Ukraine, uh, which is a grassroots organisation to uh, keep up the support uh, from the UK and make sure that the aid that's leaving the United Kingdom uh, is focused and relevant to the realities on the ground. Uh, So I was invited by them to join them on a humanitarian aid run uh, which included me visiting Kiev, uh, Lviv, uh, Chernihiv uh, and other places uh, across UK. And this also follows what I've experienced uh, on the ground here in Gravesend, uh, which is a surge within my local community of people wanting to play their part uh, and support the humanitarian aid effort. So what happened on January the 2nd? Can you talk us through that please? Yes, yeah, so uh, January the 2nd is uh, a morning that I, I will never forget. Uh, we, we got an alert uh, on the The uh, air aid uh, alert system, which is uh, an app that we have on our phone, um, which uh, told us to get to the the bomb shelter within the the hotel that we were staying at uh, as Russia had uh, launched hypersonic uh, missiles uh, in the direction uh, of Kyiv. I mean, it was a a very scary experience that uh, brought home the the realities of war, the realities that the Ukrainians are having to to live with daily. And uh, it will... Uh, Stay with me for a very long time, seeing as we were in that bomb shelter, young children uh, gripped for their parents' hands as those explosions that we heard overhead uh, rocked the the building that we were in. How did you feel at that precise moment? Uh, It it was without uh, any lie or exaggeration, um, complete fear, because uh, when you're in a building that's shaking, your mind automatically thinks uh, of the worst but uh, I actually feel worse now that I've arrived safely back in the UK, and it's probably selfish for, for some to hear me say that, but I'm left with those thoughts of what my friends and colleagues uh, out in Ukraine um, are feeling almost every day. Since I've been back, my phone has buzzed uh, another three or four times with uh, air alerts for Kiev, because in just the last few days of 2023 into 2024, Russia have fired over 300 missiles and over 200 drones at Ukraine, which, uh, I mean, is nothing less than the actions of a despotic, unhinged terrorist state uh, and a reminder of why the aid uh, and activity that the UK is doing in this area remains vitally important. Just going back to the bomb shelter, I mean, how did you feel at that precise moment when you began to realise that the the hotel was shaking. There were bombs exploding outside. I mean, did you feel at any point that you were going to die? It, it's really hard to say. I mean, there's obviously that fear that uh, one of the missiles could have got through the the air defence uh, systems. But having met some of the soldiers on the ground and uh, just seeing those, uh, how prepared they are to actually defend their city does provide you with, with some comfort. Uh, but of course, there, there's missiles being taken out in the air above you and uh, you, you do constantly think for, for the worse. So the realities of being in a war zone certainly set in. Um, but that uh, I wouldn't say would deter me from doing similar such work in the future, because it really did bring home the fact that it is the civilians that we've been trying to help through the UK Friends of Ukraine. Um, that uh, are the ones that Russia are targeting. Kent Online reports.
0: An animal welfare group based in Medway say they've seen an unprecedented number of purebred cats dumped around the county. Animals lost and found have recorded a 100% increase in call-outs to abandoned cats in the past year. They say it could be linked to people taking on animals without doing research or bad breeders. Follow Kent Online on socials to see pictures of a man police are hunting after meat was stolen from Aldi in the supermarket on Millennium Way was targeted twice in November. One of Kent's largest department stores is closing down for a major refit. House of Fraser in Maidstone's Fremlin Walk will be closed from March until October. It comes just weeks after nearby retailer Zara closed unexpectedly. A public meeting's been held later after hundreds of people signed a petition to scrap a new plaza and one way system in Herne Bay. This is something we told you about on the podcast last week. Some people are angry angry about the new road system and part of the seafront has been cordoned off to create a space for eating, drinking and performances. Bosses hope it will boost the economy. I'm sure we'll be keeping you updated on that story. Meantime, plans for a new wellness retreat in Woodland in Hythe have been rejected. A holiday company wanted to build four luxury cabins, a community building and a car park on land off Spanton, Crescent and Turnpike Hill. Council bosses turned down the proposals because of concerns about the loss of green space. And bosses, in Fanit are looking for a new company to take over running a Grade 2 listed building within a park. It's after your leisure announced plans to surrender the lease of Down Park after running it since 1999. Councillors say it must be used for leisure and education, and could host wedding receptions, meetings, workshops, and conferences. Finally, a former pub near Maidstone has gone up for sale after being converted into a family home. The Swan in Sutton Valence dates back to the 1400s, but closed in 2013. It's now a five-bedroom house on the market for a whopping 1.2 million pounds. Kent Online Sports. Footballer Maidstone United will travel to take on championship side Ipswich Town in the fourth round of the FA Cup. The Stones are now the lowest ranked team left in the competition following their giant killing at the weekend. They beat League One Stevenage 1-0 at the Gallagher. Well, manager George Elokobi has
4: been chatting to our reporter Craig Tucker. Terrific draw. It looks like we're climbing the ladder, isn't it? I've um, drawn a League Two team in Barrow. Um, Stevenage in League One now. Another tough task um, against uh, a flying Ipswich who are playing terrific football and we have to go there well supported and we have to go there as a football club and be proud of ourselves and we have to show why we are in the fourth round of the FA Cup and whatever the outcome we we'll enjoy it but I'm sure you know our fans will, will sell out our area um, it's not too far away from Midstone. So, hopefully, um, it's going to be a fantastic occasion for our football club.
3: Because they are a massive club. They're former, former winners. They're
2: second in the championship. Uh, Bobby, they've got the Bobby Robson, Alf Ramsey. The history of that place is
4: incredible. Um, you know, Ipswich is, Ipswich is a fantastic club. It's a huge club um, by their own ranks, in my opinion. Um, a Premier League club to be. And, you know, and rightly so. They're playing, they're playing an incredible, incredible football um, under their management. And we have to go there and enjoy the occasion. And make sure you know we, we showcase ourselves, um, bring the milestone that everyone has been watching and admiring. And I'm sure you know the Ipswich fans will welcome us. Um, they welcome us with, with, with good faith, and hope you know it's a fantastic FA Cup FA Cup match for us. Mm.
3: Any memories of playing Ipswich over the
4: years at all? Um, mixed, because um, you know when I played there, dislocated my my knee. Um, i played there several occasions. It's a local derby when I used to play at Colchester. And I'm sure some stick will come my way for that because, um, you know, I used to be fierce against against their wingers. Um, but again, um, you know, I've got fond memories playing against Ipswich. And, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a stadium I know really well. And I'm going to make sure our players understand, um, you know, where they, they're going to be going into such beautiful environment. And... Um, you know, the stadium in itself and the fan base is huge.
0: Games will be played over the last weekend of January. And in tennis, Kent's Emma Radjikanu's pulled out of a charity match. She says she's feeling a little soreness, so will rest as a precaution. The 21-year-old from Orpington is hoping to make her Grand Slam comeback at the Australian Open later this month after injury ruled her out for most of last year. She's working with her childhood coach Nick Cavaday ahead of the tournament. Well, that's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget, you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. Plus, you can get details on the top stories direct to your email each morning via the briefing. To sign up to that, you just need to head to kentonline.co.uk. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast.